But I love Pastor Fred Denham. He's got a revelation in his heart. And so we're anxious during this patchwork Christmas to hear what piece of the patch you'll be bringing to us this morning, my brother. So let's honor the servant of the Lord as he comes and he shares with us today. God bless you, Bishop. Okay. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Well, what am I doing here today? Have mercy. So good to see you. I'm glad that you're looking at me. It's good to be here. Somebody said when you get to be in my age, it's good to be anywhere. <laughs> I've got before me this morning as a result of the class on Thursday night, my 50 pages of handwritten material on the city church. It's not for sale because it's not perfect. Isn't that what we learned, Maria? So I thought it'd be good if Tracy was here because she would know that I'm, I'm bringing my material even though it's not perfect. And uh, so I believe that might be what pushes me over the finish line to put something in print. Who knows? But as I sat there this morning, I, I just know that there is a well springing up inside of me. My physical body has a tendency to want to get a little bit tired, but I know there's a spring. I was looking at that scripture. Let's look there real quick. Psalms chapter 46. I'm talking about the city church, y'all. Listen, I believe for the most part that I'm preaching to Pastor Kevin and y'all getting to hear it because I believe that there is between Brother Kevin and myself a, a stream that the Lord has put together that we, we get revelation from one another. And even on the golf course, we're getting revelation from one another. We are trading thoughts and insights, and it's wonderful. I think the greatest thing that men of God can ever do is talk about the Word of God. Amen? Now, this is a familiar verse here and passage in chapter 46 of Psalms. Listen, this all was coming to me as I was sitting here this morning. I'm in the place of revelation. I'm, I'm at the spout where the glory comes out. You see, that I, I believe all your parts, because of all of your parts, my part can function. That's the, that's the intent of the Lord, that the Lord would perfect us in our parts through each other's parts. And especially now, I'm making reference to our five-fold ministry that the prophet and the apostle working together will have increasing revelation of what God wants to say in this hour. Are you there in Psalm 46? Verse 4, there is a river. Somebody say, thank God for the river. But listen to this, it said, whose streams shall make glad the city of God. Now I know that's making reference to a particular reference to the city of God. And, and my thought in my mind would be the earthly Jerusalem and the heavenly Jerusalem. 
But the reality is, is that in this city, which is not defined by city limits, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There's a river flowing from heaven, but the only way we're going to be able to enjoy that river is to be streams that flow into each other. The streams of God. Does that make sense to anybody? It said, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. All through the Psalms as I read them these days, I can see time after time, it's His house that makes us glad. It's His tabernacle. And I believe that we're the house, don't you? Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Amen. Be still, verse 10 says, and, that, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. How many of you know he's the captain of the host? How many of you know that the battle is the Lord's? Every one of your battles is the Lord's. And I know that's personal and it's individual. But I also want to let you know that the battle that exists in this city, in the principalities and the powers above the city, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, the battle is the Lord's. There are things that have got to take place in the heavens before things in the earth can take place. Do you believe that? Whatever you bind on the, on the earth, it should be bound in heaven. Really, that means whatever is bound in the heavens is bound in the earth. That's God's design. That's God's pattern. Interestingly, when Moses was called to build the tabernacle, what did God tell him? about building that tabernacle. A lot of people forget this. It's in Hebrews, quoted in Hebrews as well. It says, make sure that you build it according to the pattern. See, God has a pattern for His church to be built. And guess what? He doesn't need our ingenuity or our good thoughts and ideas. If you listen to church people around on television and sometimes in your conversations, especially among us pastoral community types, you would think it's our good ideas that are going to build the church. Is anybody listening to me? You say, well, brother, why, why do you do that particular thing that you're doing? Well, if you're going to know, you know, about any way you can, just get people there, you know. Just gather them together. That sounds so commendable, but the reality is what I've discovered from the Scriptures that the more that I press into the Lord and discover His pattern, and the more I'm committed to His pattern and, and yield to His pattern, the more successful I can be in the heavens. Now let me point what I'm talking about. Pastor Kevin, I don't know if you remember, I, I accosted you in the parking lot of the uh, Church of God over there, the 
new covenant, I think it is. And I ask you the question, I don't know if you remember this. I said, do you think it's possibility that the angels that are spoken of in the seven, of the seven churches could be real angels? Do you know what I'm talking about, the seven churches? I thought I'd appreciate Ed reminding us that's what I call it, the city church. It's the seven city churches of Asia. To each church, the Lord said, spoke, by the, spoke to the angel, said, tell this to the angel, to the messenger is really how we translate that. And I have no problem, I'm not finding any qualms with that, but what I began to understand is, if we call angels the angels throughout the whole book of Revelation, why would we want to make that angel different in the church there? Here's what I've, I have concluded, and my conclusion is still a conclusion at this point. It have not been corrected yet. That over every city church, there is an angel assigned who takes care of business in the heavens that only he can take care of. The, the reason I believe that revival tarries, restoration tarries, reformation tarries, is because we're not obedient to the Word of God so that the angel can line up with the Word of God. Psalms 120, if I recall correctly, says that the angels hearken to His Word to do it. Remember that? While we're in the Psalms, let's make certain that that's there. 103. 20. I, 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 start, I should start quoting somewhere it is written. <laughs> Bless the Lord, your angels, angels, who excel in strength, who do His Word, heeding the voice of His Word. The pastor's been talking to us about the need of the Word being in our mouth. The one reason I began 28 years ago reading the Word of God orally or out loud was because I believed that. I had a lot of people talking about how they were confessing the Word. I said, I'm confessing the whole Bible. Some people said, well, I'm a Word person. I said, no, no, you're a favorite Word person. Put the Word in your mouth. And even today, even though it tires me and sort of wears me out, I still whisper it. I still like it to come out of my mouth and off of my tongue and over my lips, according to the book of Proverbs. You remember that's what it says over and over again about the mouth. The mouth is the key. I believe you can meditate the word internally, and I believe you can pray internally. I'm not being legalistic to that end. But I'm telling you there's something about God doing something by the decree and the de declaration. And in, and in this application, what I'm presenting to you, what I'm telling to us this morning is this, is that God has assigned an angel to the city church of Charleston, and he's awaiting on us to do his word so that he can do his word, obey his word so that he can obey his word. See, I, I'm just simple enough to believe that his hands are tied until we get right. We expect that God deals in wholesale, but I'm telling you, God deals in retail. Any of you people know what I'm talking about who've been in retail and wholesale? 
Wholesale, you get it, what, for a reduced price so you can make a profit. Retail, you pay full price unless there's a sale. And I got news for you. God doesn't have sales. So you have to pay for you have to pay the retail value of what's going on, and this is this is what I, I I believe today is that that he's waiting for us to line up with his word so that the angel can perform for us or do for us. Let me give you a case in point, and saw in Isaiah chapter I believe it's thirty six is it where Hezekiah is being told that, they, that the Syrians are going to wipe him out. Remember that? I just looked it up a while ago. But Isaiah, I think it's 36. It's in there somewhere, 35, 36, 37, 30. Read all four chapters. <laughs> and uh, how, many, how many Syrians, I want you to take note in that passage, how many Syrians were killed? A hundred and 85,000 Syrians were killed. How many angels took care of that business? One. Some of you looking at me like you don't believe what I'm saying here. I'm going to turn over there so I can look at it again myself. So if nobody else gets blessed, I'll get blessed by looking at it. It's, you know, it's wonderful to get older because you can get older you can just start saying things that <laughs> people just will turn to each other and say, well, bless his heart. <laughs> verse 36, 37. Chapter 37 of, and verse 36. Are you there? Then the angel of the Lord. Somebody say, the angel. The angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. See, God doesn't need a whole lot. But I can tell you what God does need. God needs for us to hear this word and understand that the city church is not our idea. It's not our interpretation. The city church is God's idea because God wants to take business, care of business in the heavens. And the heavens cannot be taken care of until we're obedient. Isaiah said in chapter 1, remember, he said, If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat what? The fat of the land. He said, But if you rebel, you'll be destroyed. Isn't that what he said there? So the Lord, see, I, what, what, what I keep looking for, and, and thanks to Pastor Kevin, I'm feeling a little bit of revival in my soul these days because I'm believing that there's a people that really want to hear, that there's a people that really want to say, Lord, forgive me for being so focused on my stuff, our stuff, just our house, and not lifting up our eyes to see that there's a battle raging in the heavens that needs to be addressed. See, we want, we want to fight the abortion clinics. We want to fight the sinful symptoms. But the battle is in the heavens. I'm all for protesting. I think sometimes I'd rather protest than do anything else. I, I get so irritated, you know. 
But when you get a little older and tired, you're not as quite as irritated as you used to be, but be that as it may. But it still does stir you up. Look, look at Ephesians chapter 6, because I'm, I'm, I'm just jumping everywhere here, because all of this, like I said, I was, when, I, when I picked up my book this morning, my wife said, don't give them the whole load. So I'm trying not to give you the whole load. I thought it was a good piece of advice. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. See, I, I, like I've told you, and I, I don't apologize for it, I just for information, I will be repeating a lot. Because you know what I believe about teaching? ABC will never be effective in your life if you don't understand EFG. D-E-F-G. Amen? There's a reason why the Bible says He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. Because in all of your getting, you've got to get understanding. In all of this, you've got to get wisdom so that we can lay hold of it. And even I've told you this, and please remember this. This is sad, but it's true. You will even let your revelation that God has given you slip. It will slip. You'll forget it. And the Lord will have to remind you. You'll have to bring to your memory, memory remembrance things that He has spoken to you. Isn't that what He said? So don't just think, well, I've got it now and that's it. No, we've we got to keep getting it. You've heard me say that before, haven't you? Ephesians 6, are you there? Verse 12, very, very familiar passages of Scripture. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You, you know the first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven, don't you? First heaven's the atmosphere. Second heaven's the, the, the bodies, stars, etc., etc. And the third heaven is the place, of, place of the dwelling place of God. Amen? I believe it's talking about the atmosphere. The heavenlies. And I believe that the Lord has the plan by the pattern to kick the enemies behind. And for this city to fall into the hand of God. God's plan is for the church to arise. Haven't we already said that? Isaiah 60, not today, but we have, I think, this past time I was here. Arise and shine. God's looking for a glorious church, not a feeble church, not a weakened church, not a barely get by church, not a hope I make it church. God's looking for a glorious church, full of glory. How many, do you believe this? I believe you believe it because I believe I know the pastor. When the, when the rapture takes place or whatever you want to call it or the taking away takes place or the end takes place, here's what I believe about that. I don't believe we're going to look back and say, well, thank God that's over. Amen. You can say amen anytime you want to. It'll encourage me. It's like saying, sick him to a dog. I'm telling you, I might start preaching. We're going out with a high hand. 
We're going out like, like Israel did out of Egypt. There was not a feeble one among them. And they plundered the peoples. They had all the silver and gold that they needed for the building of the tabernacle. How would you like to know that you have all the silver and the gold in your account to help the pastor build the tabernacle? Well, that'll preach, won't it? That'll, that'll, even, that'll even preach on television. <laughs> well, isn't that what Habakkuk says? The silver and the gold are mine. And it said, the latter house will be greater than the former house. See what I'm telling you? He's correcting me from Make a deal. You don't correct me from, from the floor and I won't correct you. <laughs> it's Haggai. I knew it was one of those boys. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good seeing those guys, isn't it? You know, won't you be ashamed to say I didn't read your book? Wouldn't that be terrible? I'm thinking, hey, Zeke, man, how, how you doing? I read that thing probably a hundred times, man. I'm telling you what, you did all right. Hey, Jerry, yeah, I read yours too, baby. <laughs> These guys are there. Hallelujah. I was reading Zeke today a little bit. Well, I'll tell you that I love reading those first six, 15 chapters. Hallelujah. Now, where was I going? I was somewhere. I, I was somewhere in the heavens. We're in Ephesians 6, aren't we still? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now, see, I have declared to you something that I want to repeat. In the second chapter, the church is the whole building. In the third chapter, the church is the whole family, according to New King James. The fourth chapter, the church is the whole body. When you get to chapter 6, he talks about the whole armor. Well, all of a sudden, is the whole armor, not the church. For years, we've always talked about put, putting on the whole armor, you know, with your mouth and all that. And I'm not coming against that, but I would submit to you that the whole armor is the church. Because we need one another. Remember, so I will defend each man as my brother. Well, how about that tenor? Each man as my friend. Isn't that good? We need one another. The church needs one another. I need you. I need your gifting. I need your anointing. I need your encouragement. I need your grace. Your grace. I need to hear you say grace to you and peace be multiplied. You need to hear me say grace to you, and peace be multiplied. We don't need to cut each other down. We don't want to destroy one another. We'll do away with one another if we do that. The heavens will be shut over us if we do that. The heavens will be brass. That's serious stuff, isn't it? My wife and I finally concluded the Lord doesn't only hear our public conversation, He hears our private conversations too. Amen. You know, like, like someone said, he said, you know, after church on Sunday, people go to lunch and have the pastor for lunch. <laughs> uh, 
I think that may be true, true Moran. I don't think it's just a, a funny thing. It's true. It's true. Listen, we, we can all have each other for lunch and feel good about it and think it's okay because we don't have indigestion. It has to be true. It has to be right. How many of you have ever felt like you were the sheriff of the body of Christ? See, nobody raised their hands real quick, but I, I'll raise my hand. I have felt anointed at times to straighten out the body of Christ. And I, I finally concluded that I'll never be able to fellowship sweet with somebody that I was trying to straighten out. This, this is a redundant point, but I love to repeat it. You cannot argue someone into sweetness. Now you can, when you have a relationship with them that's developed, you can begin to talk to them about things that matter and you can share with each other. And I like the word share. I tend to preach to people, you know, and so I have to really watch out that I'm just sharing. Anybody understand what I'm saying? You know the difference between sharing and preaching? Usually it has to do with your posture. Sharing is, Wally, this is so-and-so and this and that, and praise the Lord, what do you think? Preaching is, Wally, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> Anybody recognize that? Yeah. <laughs> you resemble that remark? And so the whole armor is the, the body of Christ. And he goes on to say that you may be able to withstand. You may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then he gives the description of the armor and I just want to remind you of this real quick that the shield of the faith you see this verse 16 taking the shield of the faith it doesn't say fa uh, the faith there but that's the, and we we talked about that the article the is there tes pistos the faith the faith is not only what we believe the faith is who we are the whole armor, see, we're that. And above all, take the shield of the faith, which is the description of what we are and who we are in God, in the Lord Jesus. And it's the most important to combat the devil with. Isn't that what it says? So that says to me that my attitude toward you, my spirit toward you, while I should be so quick to forgive you and so quick to bless you even though you curse me, and forgive you whether it be seven times a day or 70 times seven is because I want to always be ready for the Lord to fight my battles. Does that make sense according to the Bible? If the angels are taking care to, to do the Word and the angels are taking care of the heavens and that's something I can't take care of, then I want to line up as best I can. And, and we're going to continue, I believe, by the grace of God, we're going to continue to work at this thing until it becomes workable. We're going to work at being one. Jesus' high priestly prayer was this. Everybody should know it. Father, I would that they were one as we are that the world may, may believe, may know, may see, They've got to see something. They've got to hear something. They've got to know. The world's waiting for us to arise. Isn't that right? 
Godhead, and I don't know if I've said this emphatically enough, Godhead unity or Godhead oneness. There's nothing in the Scripture you can find where the Father ever had to turn to, turn to the Son and said, do you believe that? <coughs> where Jesus had to say to the Holy Spirit, do we agree? It didn't talk about them agreeing. First John chapter 5, verse 7, remember I told you to get your Bible that has that in it. it says that they are one, and this is the witness that is in heaven <coughs> that God wants us to have the witness in the earth. And we are the witness. It's not, you can't just say, I am the witness. We are the witness. Jesus said, you, speaking to his 12 apostles and those who gathered there, <coughs> you will be witnesses. Didn't say you'd witness. He said, you will be witnesses unto me. You will be witnesses. What will you witness? You will witness that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. And that you will witness that we are one. And that our desire is to continue in such a way that we walk, that we are one that the heavens can be taken care of by the angel that's, that's watching over to perform his word. Does that make sense to anybody? You see, let me say something to you. I want you to hear my heart. I'm not here trying to correct anybody or even instruct anybody, but I'm here to say this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because, see, you can only hear if the Spirit of the Lord talks to you. If the words coming out of my mouth does not hit your spiritual ear, don't be concerned about it. It may not be your time yet. If you can turn to your spouse or your friends or brothers or sisters and say, I don't understand a thing he said, don't be concerned about it. Because if you don't get it from heaven, you can't get it. It's not because you're less than, it's just because it's not your time or your season yet. <coughs> Is that a good apology? Well, it, you know, it should be. I mean, I, I mean that with all my heart. Brother Doug knows that. He's been with me long enough to know that. I, I believe that. Even when I started preaching 28 years ago about reading the Bible every day, I, I told the folks, I said, I'll never call you and check up on you. But I lied. Got one young man, I finally had to tell him I was going to call him and check up on him. But that was after 25 years or so. So I said, well, I, and this was my little Timothy. He's still my little Timothy. Aaron, and I told him we wouldn't make that deal ever so often. I'd check up on him. You reading your word, buddy? Reading it every day? He apologizes because he's not reading but 15 minutes. What would happen if everybody started reading 15 minutes every day? You might could read through the book of Ezekiel within a year or something. Who knows? <laughs> Amen? But, I, but I'm just telling you that my, my position is not to check up on everybody and correct everybody to make certain that they're doing what they're supposed to do according to what I believe that the Scripture said. So I'm not here to straighten us out. I'm here believing the Lord to help us. Now let me, let me just do something. Let's see my time. I'll open to page 50. I think I'm kidding. See? There it is. My, well, my handwriting was good seven years ago. This is what I also talk with you about in the parking lot. 
We did a lot of talking in the parking lot. Back a, f back a few years ago. Here's what I have desired to see. Anybody heard of the Declaration of Independence? I submitted to our table that we had at the time, which I retired from this past April on my 70th birthday celebration. But I said, uh, let's consider presenting this to the Church of Charleston. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, I don't think. But I've entitled it The Declaration of Dependence. of the City Church of Charleston. It may sound familiar, so I'll just give you a few words of it. I'm doing pretty good with the time. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the spiritual bonds which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the word of God and the God of the word entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impelled them to the separation. Now let me just make certain you understand I'm talking about separation from the powers of darkness. Time for us to say, devil, you don't have any charge of us. On the cross, Jesus whipped you, defeated you. We're here, and this is what I want us to continue to get a hold of as, a, as the church, a house church here in the city church. We're here to make certain that Satan, you don't fulfill your desire. We're here for the purpose of fulfilling the desire of the Lord himself. Jesus came and paid the price for it so that it can be done. This is his eternal purpose. Ephesians chapter 3. This is his eternal intention. His ultimate intention is to, is to confront the principalities and powers with the church. That's Ephesians 3. The church is God's idea to kick the enemies behind because the victory is already ours. The victory has already come. We're not waiting for the victory. The victory has already come. The victory is already in the heavens. We just need to be obedient in the earth for the heavens to be taken care of. And the heavens, and, and the heavens will not be brass. The heavens will have an open heaven. And, he can, and, and the Lord himself can come down, as it were, out of the heavens and do stuff in the streets and in the businesses and from house to house. Cities can be turned upside down when the Lord gets involved with what's happening we want the Lord to get involved with what we're doing, but we need to get involved with what He's doing. I believe that makes sense to all of us, doesn't it? Jesus, since you're building your church, let me get involved with you, and I won't have to work so hard. Jesus said, I wonder how long it'd take you to understand that. I told my disciples back there in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. There won't be burnout. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. You shall find rest for your souls, for I am meek and lowly. You shall find rest. Learn of me. You'll find rest. So that's what we're doing this morning. We're learning about Him. 
That's good preaching. We hold these truths to be biblically evident that all born-again men are equal new creations, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable, inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of the kingdom of God. That to secure these rights, governments have been instituted by God among men, deriving their just powers from God and the consent of the governed. Isn't that good? Read this to the devil. I'm talking about a confession. Read this. Let, let, us, let us sign it with our blood like our forefathers signed the Declaration of Independence. Let us sign. Let us put our names on the dotted line and say we pledge our fortunes, our lives, and our reputations. We won't even go across the street to do, do that, much less lay our lives down for each other. How many of you know we need abundance of grace? We need to, we need to receive of the gift of righteousness. It's Romans five seventeen. That's how we'll reign in this life. Amen? Let's see, where was I? I'm still on just page one, y'all. Let's see here. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive, and the governing of the devil is destructive, amen? To these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute biblical government. See, this is not intended to be a political statement. This is a spiritual statement because we're addressing the powers of darkness. And we're not only addressing the powers of darkness, we're saying we're willing to line up with the Word of God to be to each other what we're supposed to be to each other. I'm going to lay down my life for you. Jesus said, here's the only way you can take your life up is lay it down. Here's the only way you can get your life back is to give it away. Here's the only way that you can live. You've got to die. Here's the only way you can receive. You've got to give. And how many of you know that hurts? Because that's totally contrary to the philosophy we've lived by as a world people, as a human being. But yet that's what God's calling us to do. That's why Jesus said, By this shall all men know you're my disciples, because you love one another as I have loved you. Amen? Let's see. Laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to, effort, to effect their souls and the pursuit of the kingdom of God. How many of you know the kingdom of God is the rule of God? We want the rule of God in our city. You can't be bashful when you want the rule of God in your city. You've got to call things as you see them. The devil is a liar. The devil... Are you saying I'm of the devil? Well, if the shoe fits. I'm not pointing my finger at anybody, but if you, get to, if you gnash at me with your teeth, then i got a feeling you may be in trouble. That's really what you'd like to say, isn't it, Wally? You'd like, really like to say that, wouldn't you, Brad? But you're too sweet. I know. Call, call me. Maybe I'll have an anointing that day. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments 
long established, listen, this is true. This is in our Declaration of Independence. It's true about spiritual things, about church life, denominational life. Governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer. Isn't that true? Status quo, leave it alone. Don't rock the ship, baby. Don't turn the ship over. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable. We're going to put up, that tendency is we're going to put up with the way church life is because that's the way church life has been. Because it's easier not to rock the boat. We don't want people to think that we're trying to be something and say they're not anything. For years, I've, I've, it's amazing. This message that I've preached for years, I, I, the word would get back to me. Well, that's Fred Denham's preaching. That's Fred Denham's table. Yeah, that's... And I think I told you this. I'll tell you again. I told a preacher on one occasion, I said, if you knew how much I wanted to be in charge or how little I wanted to be in charge, it would scare you. I'm too lazy to want to be in charge of too much. I know my own limitations. That's why the Lord gave me someone like Kevin. He's an ambitious man in God. I'm telling you what, he is. And that's a compliment. Amen? And so he invites an old man to stand in his pulpit, has to lean on the pulpit to stand up. than to right themselves by abolishing the forms of traditions of men to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a, to a design to reduce them under absolute satanic despotism, despotism it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their soul's security. And I'm stopping there. I've already quoted this, but I'll say this at the end of it. And for the support, this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our reputations, and our sacred honor. That's in essence what Brother Kevin and I did. Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin and Tracy and Jan and I did. We pledged to each other our sacred honor. I'm telling you what, when the fivefold ministry begins to pledge to each other their sacred honor, the body of Christ is in good shape. The devil's days are numbered in terms of our city. Now, please, don't understand me. I'm not just trying to draw a, a nice conclusion. I understand the realities. Because I invariably have people ask me, what are the practical implications of the city church? I can say one thing conclusively. One of the, the, the not one of, but the top priority of this conclusion of the city church is to defeat the enemy in the heavens. Have that angel on our side. Don't you remember Daniel? We got a 21 day fast coming up. Don't you remember Daniel fasting for 21 days? 
And why was the and why was the angel, the angel, delayed? Because he ran into the devil and hindered him for a season. There may be some hindering for a season, but I can tell you, the more we seek to obey God, the more we seek to to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord and to obey obey God. The more we seek to know those who labor among us, two things, and who are over us in the Lord. There are two types of leaders in our city. There are those who are among us, and then there are those who are over us. Pastor Kevin and Tracy and their pastoral ministry are over this place. As a matter of fact, that's one thing I wanted to make clear to him when we came into this joining, even though we're still not one entity, we're two entities. I submitted myself because it was my joy to submit. I trust him. I mean, why in the world would I want to join up with somebody I didn't trust? If I was struggling with the trust issue, we got a problem from the beginning, amen? That's, that's called grace. Grace to you. And peace be multiplied. I know that you have your, uh, the best interest of our well-being. I'm saying that to you as well. You reckon you could turn to the one in front of you or behind you or beside of you and say that to him? I know that you've got my best interest. No, don't do it. But, but could you reckon you could? Wouldn't that be wonderful if you really could have that kind of rep? Wouldn't it be great if you could tell the pastor, Pastor, I'm so glad that I'm here because I know that you're going to speak to me the truth because you've got my best interest at heart. I know that you don't have a personal agenda. You have a God, God agenda. You're seeking the kingdom of God. And it's good to be here and to be under your authority. Amen? Let's see. Should I go back and start reading this? Maybe, maybe not. 